Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. This is our listener mail segment. So every week we find at least three pieces of correspondence from the most important part of this show, uh, your fellow listeners. Uh, we've got some we've got some doozies here today, and. As we've said in the past, we get this massive amount of correspondence via email, via social accounts, uh, via our good old telephone number, one eight three three std wytk And Matt, I believe that our, our first piece of listener mail today is, in fact, a message, right? It is. It's a message from Lana, and let's just play it. Um, hi guys, um, I'm Lana and I was listening to your latest, or one of your latest listener mails and you we were talking about the cruise industry and I was thinking a really interesting thing to look into for your listeners and to bring awareness to is um, the disappearance of Rebecca Corian. She disappeared in 2011 um, from a cruise ship which are, have since been realized to sort of be possible hubs of human trafficking and I think that aspect of um, cruise ships and stuff can make for a really interesting full episode. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Hmm. And there we go. We we have been talking about cruises quite a bit in the recent past. <laughs> I think our interest was first peaked when we were just learning about um, the the trap, the viral an infectious trap that a cruise ship can become when out at sea and just a single infected person gets on board. Um, and, you know, it, it then became, I guess, our interest in what the industry overall has been doing for many years about law when you're on international waters um, and just some of some of the industry's um, regular habits about how they keep costs down. 
Um, really interesting stuff, but we have not talked specifically about any disappearances. I don't think, Ben, unless I'm wrong. Uh, we've talked in the past about we've explored some cases of people who went missing in international waters while not necessarily on a cruise ship. Uh, but just like that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, the uh, the rules are different on the high seas. And I really love mm-hmm. that you pointed that out. We have not talked about Rebecca Corum, who disappeared uh, in March of 2011, March 22nd. She was a crew member on a ship called the Disney Wonder, and I do think that this could warrant a a full episode because it already has some of the commonalities we've seen in other controversial missing cases. Uh, Number one, there are a lot of theories. Number two, there's a lot of valid criticism of the subsequent investigation. Uh, Then, of course, we have to realize that uh, without having uh, done the kind of research we would need to do to make a full episode of this, we have to realize that this gets very close to us messing with the big mouse. Disney, Disney wonder that's big Mickey. That's the big Mickey mob. Oh man, the mouse will come for you. It reminds me of that show succession that was on HBO. Not oh, long yeah. ago. Mm. The big scandal, no spoilers, but yeah, it's a thing. Well there, yeah, there's a massive corporation that has an arm that is essentially the, their cruise line arm of their company. And you can only imagine that this would be a public relations nightmare. Um, so I, I would say the the company that owns this cruise liner where something may or may not have happened would have an incentive to keep it as quiet as possible or as needed to be for the investigation to continue along. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Others may be looking on at what's occurring here, what occurred, how the investigation moved forward. Uh, with a more skeptical eye when it comes to the actions of the company. Um, there is a lot to cover in this topic, I would say. There's a there's a pretty extensive timeline that begins around 5.45 a.m. on March 22nd that mm. you were talking about there, Ben, which was a Tuesday, that it actually saw Rebecca on the phone it's a CCTV camera. It just you can watch her being upset, having an argument of some kind, or being just uh, looking like she is upset by what is being said on that phone call. And then she ended up not showing up for work, not not showing up for her post the next morning. And that was that. She's been gone ever since. And people and, have gone overboard in the past. But here's the thing to set the stage, right? The most likely. The most likely disappearance of someone on the ocean in a boat is going to be somehow that person going overboard. Uh, the seas were calm. Uh, there, there are tons of discrepancies here, too. Just for anyone who's not familiar with the case, you'll quickly find weird stuff like there were flip-flops in a room that were the wrong size. That doesn't prove anything. But it's weird. It doesn't seem like she would have committed suicide. But we don't know what's on that phone call. Uh We do know that people have not been happy with it. One other screwy thing is jurisdiction, right? Because I think this ship is flagged in the Bahamas, correct? So the initial law enforcement uh, has to be carried out by uh, law enforcement in the Bahamas. Yeah. Where does the human trafficking angle come in? The human trafficking? Oh, where our caller um, Mm. Lana was talking about cruise lines potentially being a source of human trafficking. And, you know, I do not currently have the raw data for that or the evidence to support that claim. But anytime you've got a massive ship that is traveling around through international waters to to other countries and there Mm. are people boarding the ship, there are people getting off the ship, Mm. um, there's certainly opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? No, that makes sense. Well, yeah, consider, I mean, consider the employment practices can become so sticky when you are hiring people from one country to work on a ship of a different country to go into international waters and, as you said, Matt, make many stops along the way. It's not impossible for things to go awry. Like, this is the transportation sector, 
right? It's the entertainment sector, sure, but it's also the transit sector, and the transit sector is rife with opportunity uh, for traffickers, like uh, sex trafficking, um, maybe in the way that you might see it occur in Las Vegas, like the the to put a fine point on it. Uh, the Johns or the people who think they're engaging in some kind of consensual sex work may be actually involved uh, with someone who is being forced or coerced to be there. Uh, But I do want to point out, uh, without too much of a spoiler, it wasn't too long ago that Rebecca Coriam's girlfriend at the time said that, uh, she said that in her opinion, Rebecca took a lot of drugs and then maybe deliberately leapt off the boat. But that's still, like, not officially proven, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not at all. Um, You really have to look at her parents, who have been fighting battles in and out of court since March of 2011 with with both Disney Cruise Line, uh, with the Disney company, I guess, and their, their cruise line arm, as well as just attempting to find out more information from the various investigators that have been working on the case. Um, I don't want to spoil too much here, but as of 2016, the the company did settle with the the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so so there was money paid. I, I don't. I highly doubt that any wrongdoing was you know, was admitted there. No, no admission of guilt. That's, that's a, a settlement is also, you know, it's not necessarily a sketchy thing. Again, I think now we're all being careful because we do want a full episode and we don't want to spoil it. Uh, but, but yeah. to be very, very transparent, um, when a corporation or even a, a celebrity, for instance, reaches an out of court settlement, then what they're doing is, they're they're paying the person off or they're paying the uh, the aggrieved party off, uh, but they're doing it outside of court, meaning there is no legal admission of guilt and the case will be considered settled and no further legal proceedings will occur, at least in that in that specific instance. You know what I mean? Like we see yeah. criminal cases get. Uh, go to mistrial or get dismissed and then a civil case is successful. So there are different avenues. Mm -hmm. It's also like not without precedent, the idea of people disappearing from cruise ships. I just found like a market watch article from 2017. Um, So the stats will be a little higher by now, but uh, since 2000, according to this article around 300 people have gone overboard from cruise ships and ferries. Um, And that's according to uh, data collected by Ross Klein. It's professor in the school of social work at Memorial University. University uh, of Newfoundland in Canada. And of those folks, like there are, you know, uh, several, m- many that are still, still missing, uh, presumed dead. So it's, you know, it's, it's a thing that happens. People drink a lot on cruise ships and they can just topple overboard of their own, not volition, I guess, but just, you know, of, on their own. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's foul play. And I was wondering too, like, do cruise ships ever like piggyback and carry cargo as well? And apparently that's not really a thing. So I'm wondering, like where on, on the ship would human trafficking, you know, victims be held? I mean, I'm assuming, of course, there's going to be internal cargo for the things that they need to make all the meals and, you know, whatever else services are provided on the, on the cruise ship. But I'd, I'd be interested to see what the stats are for, you know, proving that uh, human trafficking takes place on, you know, commercial cruise lines. It's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough stat to pull in an accurate mm. way because to your question many of the to your first question many of those human trafficking victims are in some cases going to look like any other uh any other passenger oh that's a good point they're being controlled by you know their their main abuser or trafficker who is putting them up um under any number of ruses and the truth about the matter is if you are if you are a company operating ships that take hundreds and hundreds of people on a boat regularly, you are going to have a difficult time giving each single individual a background check other than making sure that their credit card works and yeah. that they uh, that they can legally travel to whatever country yeah. you're taking them to. So it's 
it's tough. It's tough, and it's it's a problem that we know. Um, it's a problem that we know the industry has taken steps to address, but it's a it's a Herculean effort. Uh, on a brighter note, I, I know I mention this like every two or three years. If you want to travel across the ocean and you don't want to go on a cruise ship and you're flexible with your time, you can get a really affordable ticket on a cargo ship. And it'll just be like you and the crew people, maybe two other people who love unorthodox travel. And uh, maybe maybe you'll work on that novel. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but you, you have to bake in like two to two to six weeks of flexibility on either side. Yikes. I imagine just getting, like, for whatever reason, getting stuck outside in a bay somewhere in this giant cargo ship because you're not allowed to dock yet, and there's some kind of trade dispute occurring, and you Ooh. just then you just live there on a cargo ship. That's just <laughs> your life now. <laughs> um, Which would be great if, guys, if we could record on the cargo ship that would be pretty neat. I'm still working that out. I, I, there are some technical difficulties. Well, Ben, I mean, you'll recall in not the too distant past, we were recording pretty regularly in what felt like a shipping container. So yeah. we'd mm-hmm. be perfectly at home uh, yeah. in, in such a situation. It's true. I'm in, yeah. I'm in that now, actually. As oh, holy crap, you are. Ben is there. Mm-hmm. Ben's there doing is. it. Yeah. Guys, I'm, uh, this isn't ours, though. I, I am on a cargo ship. Don't be mad at me. I thought you would say... I, Thought I would tell you when I was on the boat. I thought you might say no. I was wondering gotcha. what that sloshing sound I was that I was hearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, just, well, just to bring it back to Rebecca Cornium, you guys, and without mm-hmm. spoiling too much, I think this should be a, an episode that we cover in the future. And this is what I want to leave you with. This is from a Hollywood Reporter article that is discussing the 2016, I guess, the, the result of the court case that went through. Um, This is a quote from Jim Walker, a Miami-based attorney who represented the Coriums in the United States throughout this case. He says, the case has been resolved. They're pursuing an inquest in the UK, but I'm not supposed to talk about the case. So that's interesting, right? Hmm. Now here, here is another quote. This one from British parliamentarian, at least in 2016, Chris Matheson. Here's his quote. My worst fear is that Rebecca Corium was murdered. It's a possibility and it needs to be investigated properly. The more you look into this, the more it smells rotten. The more it smells like a crime has taken place. So, um, terrible, like absolutely horrifying and terrible for the Corium family and for Rebecca Corium herself. Mm-hmm. However, for, you know, the possibilities here of uncovering something that we can really dig into that we can talk about on this show and maybe expose some stuff going on and and problems like you're speaking to Noel. It feels like this topic is, is right before it. So I'm excited to dig in more. Thank you so much, Lana, for calling and letting us know about this. Yes. Agreed. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who's written in response to our, um, our earlier exploration of cruise ships. There's, there's a lot beneath the surface there, you know. Um, we can't wait to dig in. And one of the one of the most amazing things here uh, is is just how much firsthand experience we've been learning about in your correspondences with us. Uh, we're getting an inside peek, and we want to we want to go further down the rabbit hole, as is our want. Speaking of inside peaks. We also, uh, we received a number of uh, correspondencies from people who reached out. I had no idea this many people would talk to us about this. People who reached out to tell us how you can, in fact, get booted from one of our favorite secret societies. Uh, We'll tell you more about this after a quick word from our sponsors. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. Uh, yeah, so the, the question uh, has arisen. I, where, where did this come up, fellas? Uh, the idea of getting booted from the Masons. Do you remember how that came about? Wasn't that on a news episode or what was that? Mm-hmm. That's uh, Garrison Courtney, who is pretending to be a deep cover CIA That's spy. Right. That's and right. built a built a bunch of high-ranking government officials out of millions. He got close. Uh, the people he conned were so important that he got close to signing some multi billion dollar contracts, which would have also given him full legal immunity. Uh, At one point, he claimed to be hooking someone up in contact with an ambassador that he said he knew through the Freemasons. When the uh, mark in question finally spoke to said ambassador, it turned out that the only thing that ambassador knew was that this con man, Garrison Courtney, had been kicked out of the Masons. and I think that's where the three of us started asking ourselves, well, the four of us started asking ourselves, how, how do you get kicked out of the Masons? I think it's an interesting question and also the way it occurred to us is interesting because, because of the paths that we, uh, we sort of follow with some of these stories. You know, secret societies have a certain air of uh, sinisterness to them. And I think it's certainly possible to ascribe that same thing to the Freemasons. But at the end of the day... There's a lot of information out there about the Freemasons and, you know, anyone can be nominated to be a member and you can even go to your local chapter and petition to to be a member. And we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, the idea that, you know, somehow Masons are these like high level, you know, cr- evil types or criminal masterminds or something. At least that's where my mind goes. Like, How do you get kicked out of an organization that's already pure evil? But that's definitely not the case. The Masons do a lot of good work for the community, as we know, like the Shriners is an offshoot of the Masons, sponsor all these children's hospitals. And, you know, you could argue it's just a front for all of their nefarious uh, underground dealings. But, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting thing to think about. And it's also a very long tradition of, of Freemasonry, as we know. And there's certainly been some shadowy figures that have been connected to it over the years, but also some very prominent and uh, and upstanding figures that have been connected to it. Uh, one of which uh, I, I would argue is our um, anonymous email 
emailer. Um, he even doesn't even give a name. He just has a very clandestine email address using letters and numbers that I don't know what it necessarily is pointing to, if it's initials or what, but it's quite a lot of numbers. But he has this to say about the, uh, the question uh, at hand here. Hi, guys. I was in the Freemasons for just over five years, and in that time, I climbed offices in the Blue Lodge, as well as obtained the rank of Knights Templar. Okay. In the York Rite, as well as the 32nd degree in the Scottish Rite. Uh, the quickest way to get booted out was by being convicted of a crime. Felons aren't allowed in, and getting one will put you out. Misdemeanors are hit and miss. Demeanors. That was mine. <laughs> that was uh, worth it. Largely depending on who you know. You can be ejected for non-payment of dues. That was a question that came up. But I've never known that to happen. There were guys that hadn't paid for years. Generally, anything over a year past due will mean you're getting letters. Uh, I never had access to the, quote, upper echelons, but I did know people who were. From my time in, it all seems like traditional frat things. The main secret is the secrecy and elitism itself. Any other secrets are handshakes, code words, and ritual things. Think repeating phrases, acting out scenes, uh, things like that. No one would really care about. If you attend a public session that is held once a year in most places, you will witness what happens at even the highest levels. Really interesting information. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if small cliques form within the lodge who may get into things that the public wouldn't like. But I think you could say this for any group of considerable size. Ooh. I'm willing to answer any questions to the best of my ability. Anonymous. Hey, hey check this out. Wait, wait, let me get it's off frame, but you guys remember this one? Yeah. This That's is for the, the for help, right? Yeah, there it is. Wait, That's what for is the it? YouTube crowd. What's is there, the um Is phrase? there no help for the widow's son? Ah, oh, it's so good. That's uh, so good. Love it. But I, I don't feel like we're compromising any any Masonic organizations in the crowd by saying that. This is the age of the internet. Well, That's and, and neither available. does our anonymous emailer. He seems mm -hmm. to think that uh, anybody going to one of these public gatherings would, would witness a lot of the same stuff, and that maybe it's not as hush-hush as one might think, um, and that the uh, ritualism of the organization is the notion of this secrecy, but it's maybe not as ironclad as one might think. Did, no, did you see that we got, an, we got another email mm -hmm. really recently about this? I just want to read just this tiny Please. little excerpt yeah, from this yeah, other yeah. one. From another current Mason, this person says, sometimes a brother will decide that he is no longer interested in being involved. Maybe he learned that we don't control the world or he's sick of eating green beans at dinner. Mm -hmm. we, we can then issue him what is called a demit, which is a letter stating that he left of his own accord and there are no claims against him. It's like an honorable discharge is what this person says. Yeah. Got it. This idea of... Like uh, what it, what amounts to an amicable breakup is is pretty refreshing. That's that's a good thing that a lot of uh, more secretive organizations don't really have. Uh, I also want to shout out uh, someone who who wrote a great letter to us about this uh, from from Maine uh, and some of our our personal contacts who have been involved in Freemasonry who who have talked to us about it. Um, the point that you make anonymous that I, I really appreciated, I think we all appreciated, was that the idea of collusion and conspiracy is likely to form in groups of any size. And it is likely to be the result of a small clique or faction within a larger community working toward their own ends. And the larger community may know nothing about this. Like, uh, like think about this. Think about small-town corruption, rampant in America, historically, right? There's, there's going to be, there's going to be a mob in, you know, uh, some equivalent of a mob in three-toe Arkansas, just as much as in Chicago or New York City. They might just not be Italian. They might not call themselves a mob, but the sheriff and the mayor and whomever probably run the town. So with that in mind, in these smaller communities especially, it's completely possible that they would all happen to be members of the same social network, whether that's the Rotarians or the Lions Club or, yes, the Freemasons. And then when they meet 
at the Lions Club or like at the Toastmasters or whatever, at the Freemasons uh, Lodge, they're able to meet under the cover of that organization. And then they just kind of go to another room, have a little what we would call a breakout session. Mm-hmm. And they're like, OK, how, how are we going to fix this election? You know what I mean? It's it's the same thing we've talked about with all these secret societies. Like we we had this conversation with with John Hodgman, if I'm not mistaken, about the Book and Snake uh, uh, secret society at um, Harvard or where was it? Where where's that organization? Yale, I believe Yale. That's right. And that's sort of the deal. Is at any of these, there's going to be an opportunity to mingle with high level people with which you could potentially collude if Mm -hmm. you both saw saw an end to doing so. Um, And uh, but it doesn't mean necessarily the entire organization is inherently corrupt or based on overthrowing the, you know, uh, the status quo in some form or fashion. Yeah. Well, we've also learned is that you don't need a secret society for any of that. None of it. You you just need a all you need is a country club. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly Maybe right. own a giant country club somewhere near Boca Raton. Maybe, I don't know, Palm <laughs> Beach area. Boca? You go to Boca? There or, oh, is. I don't know. Could be in, in the heart of Atlanta. Could be anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. You just own and operate a country club. Like or crab be soup? a member. All right. <laughs> I got you. I, I've got to say, too... Uh, to Anonymous and to the other folks who've written in uh, to give us some excellent information about Freemasonry, which which I greatly appreciate. Um, my immediate question now, and it was so hard not to email everybody about this, is uh, there's a line you read from our anonymous uh, our anonymous listener, Noel, where it's like, misdemeanors are hit and miss, or as you said, misdemeanor. Demeanor, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, Largely, it depends on nepotism, right? The end result of whether or not one can stay with the organization. That's fine. A lot of these organizations do operate primarily on nepotism. As a matter of fact, I would say nepotism is one of the number one things holding the species back overall. Um, Unfortunately, meritocracy is too often a myth, but nepotism aside, I wonder what the misdemeanors are. Are they misdemeanors solely of moral turptitude, as uh, you'll hear sometimes on a customs form? Or, like, I would love if there was, for some reason, something incredibly specific and something that seemed relatively meaningless or innocuous to us non-Masons on the outside, and I wonder if that's like the number one crime in Freemasonry. I hope to God it's stamp fraud. I Uh. hope for some reason they're like the one thing that'll... You know, sometimes you hit people with a car and sometimes they they die. That's an accident. Accidents happen. But if you make fake stamps... Perhaps perhaps coin forgery. That that would be another good, real specific one. A coin fitter. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I we found, need more coins right now. I saw oh, I've all seen the signs. I've seen the signs at all the gas stations. <laughs> Don't ask for, for coin change. Um, I did find a, an article written by a mace, a master mason uh, by the name of Matthew Arnold McIntosh on a website called uh, wvmasons.org. And the headline is High Moral Standards of Freemasons. And he goes through and kind of writes a treatise about how, at, at its heart, the whole purpose of Freemasonry is to impart this high moral standard on its members. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was sort of like, okay, uh, how, how do I become a Mason? Didn't take long to find a website that, that gives you kind of a step-by-step and the how to do so. It's masonic-lodge-of-education.com. And uh, it reads almost like an old-timey pamphlet. Become a Freemason. Would you like to become a Freemason and belong to the oldest and largest fraternity in the world? Here's how. Uh, You must first find a Masonic Lodge location near you. Contact them and ask for a petition to join. Uh, And then if you become a Freemason, you will, this is like serious selling points, uh, join uh, both the oldest and largest fraternity in the world. Join a brotherhood of over 2 million men of all ages, from all races, religions, and countries, and from all walks of life. Uh, and then it has some pictures of some real cool uh, signet rings that, that you get, I guess, when you become a member. Um, why do so many men want to become a Freemason? Uh, and it describes the organization as a voluntary, fraternal organization composed of men of goodwill, good character, and good reputation, whom in most jurisdictions around the world believe in an almighty creator and practice the spirit of universal brotherhood to man. 
a lot of man talk in this though. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the big things. Yeah, we need to we need to get in front of that before uh, someone's writing to us about this. So earlier, I think one of us said anybody can get in. I know some of us are writing emails about that right now. Don't worry, pause, pause your email. Uh, on, yes, it's only dudes. There are associated organizations that are not entirely just dudes, but that is that is one great discrimination of, uh, of the Masonic orders. I think also, as you as you mentioned earlier, Noel, uh, one need not have a specific religion but must have some sort of belief in a bigger thing. Spiritual. Mm. Yes, exactly. And then just, just to, to wrap this up, just wanted to, I've got this giant alphabetical list. I, I'm going to kind of just skip around a little bit, but uh, just some, some high, you know, highly influential and uh, big deal folks who, who were Masons. And we know this uh, Abbott, Bud, uh, Bud, William Abbott uh, of Abbott and Costello fame was a Mason. Um, Buzz Aldrin was in fact a Mason, the second man to walk on the moon. Uh, let's see. We've got, uh, Gerald Ford, who was a, a president. We know Henry Ford, automobile pioneer, of course. Let's see. Just, you, you just, you, you throw a pin at this list and you're going to find somebody influential. Joseph Smith, the founder of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, AKA the Mormons. Isn't that interesting? I do love the idea. This is fascinating to me. And you, you I think we've already kind of expressed why this is, but it's interesting. I think of masonry as being all about these clandestine kind of rites and, um, you know, rituals. And to me, that would kind of fly in the face of being a Christian or someone who's very closely identifies with, you know, uh, but no, it's, that's not the case. They can, they, they, they are hand in hand and one doesn't necessarily require the other. We, we talked about that, right? One of the only mm -hmm. things you have to have is a belief in a higher power. And it mm -hmm. does not matter what that higher power is in your mind, as long as you believe that there is one. However, Freemasons have been enemies of, um, have been enemies of dogmatic, oppressive religions. Uh, and in the past have been enemies of oppressive governments. I mean, look mm. at look at the French Revolution. Look at how many founding fathers of the United States were affiliated with Freemasonry. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of a there's something collegiate and salon like about it. Right. The idea of the free exchange of concepts and being able to say, well, you know, I I'm not 100 percent on board with this whole Catholicism thing and not go to. Church jail or whatever they called right. it back then. The well, Inquisition. They, Sorry. Oh, 100%. Not church jail. <laughs> no, I like that. Uh, well, that's what they call it. You know, it's one of many enlightenment organizations like the Rosicrucians or the, you know, um, the there's many very. We, we, what do we talk about? The Order of the Pug. Remember that one? The, mm -hmm. the Pug one from Ridiculous History where you mm -hmm. kissed the pug's butts? That was a French. Wasn't that a French backlash against Freemasonry? Like Freemasonry was outlawed in France. And mm -hmm. so they made this other organization. Um, nice. Voltaire was a Freemason, um, a very influential French philosopher who wrote about oppressive governments and oppressive systems. So uh, interesting stuff, guys. Um, but yeah, I think that that does it for this one. Did you know George Clinton was a Freemason? Of Parliament Funkadelic? No, the third vice president of the United States. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> I just did it because I knew you would think about that. George Clinton. Dang Sorry. Uh, I, was, I want to, I mean, he's, he's a Mason of funk. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot, I think a lot of people would, um, would agree that there, there is tangible benefit, uh, to these organizations, both for the individuals involved and for uh, often for the communities, right, in which those uh, those lodges exist, like to the point about the Shriners and uh, funding medical care for uh, for the needy and for children. I think I think they get vilified sometimes like we never did an episode on the anti-Masonic Party, which confirms my standing theory that if you want uh, if you want something like that, like a political party uh, or a religion to be successful, you have to be aspirational and offering something you can't found a party just against something because what, <laughs> what do you do when that's gone you know yeah. what i mean like no more polar bears club the polar bears are extinct uh but we already spent all this money on the uh on the chips and dip and the catering so we're, we're still gonna get together 
Wow. That's really that's really great, but <laughs> this is a terrible uh, example. I but, hope oh, been... this is this is something relevant. Mm. At some point, everybody listening right now or watching this, go out, find a list of the former Supreme Court justices uh. within the United States that were or are members of uh, free and accepted Masons. Uh, it's just interesting to see, like when it comes to law and politics, Ben, as you as you noted earlier, a lot of people who are in government are, are a part of this organization. Would I be correct in assuming that many of them who were Freemasons uh, would be more on the progressive tip than conservative? Or is there really not much of a line there? It's not much of a line. Honestly, mm. it's tough because... The definition of what is or is not considered conservative or progressive has changed so much over just a few centuries. Mm. You know, like, of course, we're not that far away from the time when um, women voting was considered to be like this radical extreme idea. What's next? We're going to blow up the moon. And then later, you know, a few decades ago, we thought about doing just that. Mm. Well, it's the true. most important former Freemason to me is is clearly Robert Pershing Wadlow, uh, the tallest human on record, um, who I believe was the guy that, that you'll see a, a sculpture of outside most Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, locations the world over. And I think Handsome Family has a, has a beautiful, heartbreaking song about him. I did not know he was a Mason, but it makes sense. Also, Matt, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to keep us going too long on this, but to the point you raise about the justices, I would ask, is it possible that people at the higher levels of government uh, or maybe higher levels of business as well uh, just tend to do more extracurricular activities? You know, are they also like uh, overachievers, big? you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> are they like big in their HOA? Do they go get uh, like public notary certification because they just like the certificate? I, I mean, are they members of Toastmasters as well? Rotarians, probably philanthropic organizations. Kiwanis just, Club, everything. Yeah. Yeah. The whole nine. All I, the good ones. It, it certainly is uh, encouraged, you know, when you're in school. Like, you got to get those extra curriculas up to get into a good college. You well, know? it makes sense. But we we're talking about the differences in ideologies <laughs> within within members of Freemasonry. Think about this. The first director of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, the guy who called Martin Luther King Jr., I think I, I can't tell you the exact quote, but the most dangerous man essentially within the United States at one point in time. Um the person who instituted COINTELPRO and spying on people who were attempting to capture their civil liberties and equality, mm -hmm. that guy was a Freemason. Also, mm -hmm. uh, someone who was on the other side fighting for civil rights, Reverend Jesse Jackson, was a Freemason. Uh, yeah. Or is it, It's just really interesting to me that you can have this wide swath of belief and things that you would fight for. And they're well, all part of the bones. same organization. Yeah. Oh, Skull sorry. and Bones, presidents. Skull and Bones, think about that. No, no, it's a good point. Also, like Strom Thurmond, who's a notoriously uh, Dixiecrat, um, the Republican senator um, who mm. from, from the state of Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. I uh, hope he burns. He's a bad guy. Bad, bad guy. Um, last one, and then we we'll definitely move on, but there's a lot of interesting names here to talk about. Is uh, This is just, I did, was not aware of this, just as like a little bit of trivia. Uh, William Howard Taft, who was not only the president of the United States, but also held the position of chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. And he's the only man ever mm -hmm. to have headed up these two uh, two branches wow. of U.S. government. Only president to be stuck in a bathtub as well. Also true. And just as a counterpoint, you know who else? Mm. Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, uh, well, it, <laughs> we'll we'll pause here. Uh, please keep writing to us with your inside experiences uh, with. Uh, with the Freemasons. We would love to hear about your time in a Masonic order, whatever you're comfortable sharing with us. 
Most importantly, let us know if for some reason it needs to be anonymous. Uh, let us know about Cointer Fitters and uh, <laughs> let, let us know about what the mis- what the like what the red line misdemeanors are, you know, and uh, how late can our library books be, et cetera. But uh, if you want to learn a little bit more, do check out our past episodes. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff, where we also explore uh, things like Albert Pike and uh, a couple of other things will be of interest to people who want to learn more about Masonic history. Oh, and um, shout out to Jonesport Lodge 188. Also, uh, Blue Lodge for life. The Blue Lodge. Because that just makes me think of Twin Peaks. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we are back to examine what is sometimes called... A, uh, a life-saving organization and sometimes called uh, a branch of a rather secretive, I'll just say it, Scientology. Okay, we've got this, we've got an email, uh, we've got an email from Cliff C. I want to give this to everybody and then we'll we'll follow up on it, okay? So Cliff, you said, hello, back in 2012, I went through a Narconon addiction program in the mountains of Southern California. Scientology uses these programs to recruit people at their lowest and most vulnerable points. The entire program is based on teachings by Hubbard, by which means L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of First Dianetics, and then when he got sued, the founder of Scientology. This is a topic worth diving into, says Cliff, but as I don't know if you will read this, I'll just give you bullet points for now. And he lists these, and they're fairly brutal. One, they lock you in a cabin in the desert, telling you that you may leave, but they will follow you with water and only give it to you if you come back. They will not call your family or help during the first month if you decide to wander off into the desert. 
two, they say they have medical staff. This is staff they have trained and ordained as doctors and nurses. Next, they force you to sit silently staring into another person's eyes for five hours without movement. Then continue for five more hours with your eyes closed. If you flinch or start to doze off, you start again. If you question Scientology, they move you to isolation until you promise to stop. They charge families tens of thousands of dollars, constantly ask for more money, and say that we don't actually do Scientology here. They monitor your phone calls under threat so you cannot say otherwise. And then Cliff concludes, as with most rehab programs, they want you to take responsibility for your actions. But they blatantly take advantage of this to make you feel like you are a lowlife and they, Scientology, are the only solution. Having said all this, says Cliff, it probably does help some people, but in my honest and clean for many years, not thanks to them, opinion, they scare people away from rehabilitation and make folks think it is a form of prison. Mm. I know this is something that maybe we have heard about before, but I don't know if we've talked about Narconon on the air with each other. Have we? We haven't, have we? I can't remember a time unless it was... No, I, I don't think our drugs in the military would have covered it or our hallucinogens and medical research. No, I think this might be the first. Yeah. So it's weird because both the Church of Scientology and Narconon say that it's a secular program. It's completely independent of the religious teachings of Scientology. But it seems like many people, many people are disillusioned with Narconon or have family members who have gone through that program, they they argue the opposite. They say it's a front group for Scientology with the ultimate aim of recruiting people. What do you guys think about that? Well, is it actually in any way associated with Scientology? Yes. It, it yes. is. Yeah. It is like officially or like as an like organizationally? Its parent company is something called the Association for Better Living and Education. Wait for it. ABLE. And ABLE is owned and controlled by the Church of Scientology. So it's like a subsidiary of a subsidiary, which means they could argue, you know, of course, that we exist independent of that. Uh, We just have our our roots there. Yeah, if you go to Scientology.org, they have a whole section on drug rehabilitation and prevention. And that's the thing. That's that's what makes Scientology a bit, you know, insidious is they 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 appeal to people at their lowest, either professionally or they're trying to get a foothold. They've moved to Hollywood and, you know, they're trying to, like, become an actor or a screenwriter or whatever. And that's the story you always hear. But this is even more predatory, um, whereas people that are truly at their lowest points and perhaps come from wealthy families or are able to pay the money that it takes because rehab ain't cheap. Um, I always assumed Narconon was like Al-Anon and that it was just another type of meeting that you go to um, and that it was like a family situation, that that it wasn't like rehab exactly. But this is really news to me. Uh, Al-Anon. Alcoholics Anonymous, rather. I'm sorry, that's different too, but yeah. Yeah, Al-Anon's separate from Alcoholics Anonymous, but I think it was, um, I don't think they're in cahoots or in uh, conflict with one another. And I think Narconon, so Al-Anon's founded in 1951, right? Narconon was founded in 1966. So without sounding conspiratorial, is it possible that Hubbard made a similar name? you know, on purpose as a marketing or brand recognition thing. Mm. And the more I've read about Narconon, the more I see problems with just their treatment. In 1970, a, an official for the Church of Scientology said that Narconon's rehabilitation programs are based entirely on the tenets and teachings of Scientology. And you know what that means? No psych- psychotherapists, no right. psychologists. right. <laughs> Yeah, that's something that I wish we would have gotten into with um, with Mike on that episode. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about the aversion to psychologists and, and, and uh, psychiatry. And I could probably guess why it is, because it gives you agency over people gaslighting you and uh, and the tools to cope with abusers. You know, that's just a, my two cents on, on why that might be. 
Um, yeah. but of course, there's 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 a whole mythology wrapped up in it within the the teachings of Scientology. It's fascinating stuff. I, I had mean, no idea about this connection though, like with uh, really with Narcanon and Scientology. Zero. Oh yeah, yeah. If you look at their website, mm-hmm. I, I was just I went to narcanon.org and mm-hmm. I was looking around trying to find something that says Scientology on it. On their main page, I I did a quick little Apple F for Scientology, mm-hmm. and you know where I found it. Nowhere. It's not on there. It's not on that front page. It does not say Scientology anywhere, at least in something that is searchable. And I can't find it anywhere in like a an image or something, you know, maybe just be embedded in an image. But if you go all the way to the bottom under our history, our technology, and you go to about Narconon, mm-hmm. then you do a little Apple F4 Scientology there. Mm-hmm. You know what you find? Mm. Zero identifiable mentions of Scientology. But if you go all the way down again, underneath, there's a subheading under about Narconon, global mission, 50 years saving lives, blah, 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 blah. Oh, here it is. L. Ron Hubbard. Ah, there we go. There we go. (laughs) We got him. (laughs) Talk about, uh, talk about the stuff they don't want you to know. Right. Yeah. It's just weird, man. I've wanted to do, you know, Peek behind the curtain, I wanted to do for a number of years an episode on problems with rehabilitation programs throughout history. And Narconon has been in my, uh, like on my radar for a while, but it's tricky because we want to make sure that we're not, first off, we're not giving people medical advice uh, or legal advice. And secondly, that we're not, like, I, I don't want us to do anything that would stop someone who needs help from going to a rehabilitation center. You know, that's that's For such sure. an important thing. But also, you know, the thing about Narconon, like here's one of the weirdest things about them in terms of their treatment. Have you guys heard of niacin, like niacin bombs? Yes, yes. Yeah. Is this, this is where some of that comes from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would dose somebody with 4,000 milligrams a day of niacin. Uh, and... This is uh, meant to, this is like part of a vitamin, mineral, supplement regimen that is supposed to address pre-existing nutritional deficiencies uh, and help uh, help you offset nutrient loss through sweating. But the niacin thing goes back to Hubbard because he believed niacin would increase, I think it's free fatty acid and... um, like the mobilization of free fatty acid, and then it would help you get rid of whoosh, whoosh, toxins. Wow! So, so they would uh, they would dose you up with these massive amounts of niacin, and niacin, like any other particular substance, it's got a diminishing return. You know what I mean? If you have too much niacin, it can be dangerous for you. I've heard wow. people talk about using niacin to like spoof a P test, you know, for drugs. Really? I don't know. I don't know if that actually works or not, but it, you know, in the same way that you're talking about the idea that it, I think what it does is it like causes you to sweat like crazy and causes like the capillaries on your skin to sort of expand and you get really red. Um, that's my understanding. It's, it's interesting though. I don't know if it actually works or not though. It, it does flush you. Uh, it, it does give you a flush to your skin. Uh, it's also banned in Quebec and France because of this. You'll see one health agency in Quebec specifically that said they had to shut down a Narconon uh, and Scientology-based rehab center because four separate clients have been taken to the hospital due to the methods used there. Uh, this is stuff like uh, having people with addictions go cold turkey off something, you know, no methadone or step-downs, etc., and then these long detox sessions in saunas that are meant to help you sweat out drugs. Mm. And then, uh, you know, they pump you up with uh, a ton of vitamins, which uh, may not always be healthy for you. It's also quite expensive. So there's a question about the profit motive. But yes, in response to uh, Cliff's email here, it yeah, it very much seems that it very much seems that these two organizations, Narconon and the Church of Scientology, are related. The question is, how independent are they? 
Uh, and, and Cliff, do you and other folks who have had experience with Narconon feel that their ultimate goal was to recruit you into Scientology or to help you get clean? Can I read the official? I found it. I found it on their website. All right. Lay it All on right. Yeah. Okay. So this is at Narconon, which is, but it's not spelled the way you may think it should be spelled. It is N-A-R-C-O-N-O-N.org, just so everyone knows, slash drug dash rehab. Okay, this is where you're going. It says, since 1966, superior results, long-term effectiveness. The Narconon program is based on the discoveries and writings of L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology religion. However, Narconon is non-religious, and a person does not become a Scientologist by doing the program. Mr. Hubbard was a humanitarian whose works include discoveries in the fields of education, mental health, and criminal reform, as well as drug rehabilitation. He began his research into drugs during the 1960s and 70s when recreational drug use had reached epidemic proportions. He developed technologies to overcome the adverse effects of virtually every type of drug. Wanting to help those lost to addiction, Mr. Hubbard made his discoveries broadly available, and the result was the establishment of Narconon. See, they said it. They know what's up. The question is just how separate those organizations are. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be the only person who uh, found out late night after a a series of uh, poorly informed partying decisions that uh, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell are run by the same organization. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they literally split the building in half. That blew my mind. And the song about it is quite good, too. Uh, so maybe maybe that's what that's one of the big questions. Like when someone is helping a loved one go into a program like Narconon, would they make the same decision if they were aware of its connections to the organization known as Scientology. I mean, that's not a ding on either of those organizations. That's just a question of why that message is not front and center on the website. Because Matt, Matt, yeah. you are, you're really good. Uh, you you like have a nose for digging into stuff. We all do. So if it took you that long, I feel like it would. There are a lot of people who would miss it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. It was not easy to find that. It's fascinating. And there we leave it. Uh, thank you so much, Lana. Thank you, anonymous former Mason. Uh, th- <laughs> multiple anonymous former Masons. Yes. And, and thank you, Cliff, for writing in. Uh, we can't wait to hear more from you all. I think that we have found uh, we have found rich fodder for several full episodes in the future. Assuming, of course, that uh, Big Mickey doesn't get us. That's always a possibility or you know, as, as you said off air, Matt, big rehab. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would love to hear from you, specifically you. Uh, we get a lot of we get a lot of folks who contact us and say, you know, I know you always say that you're talking to me, but I, I never had a reason to write in before. Uh, you don't really have to have a reason. Just, uh, you know, give us an idea, share, share your experiences. Uh, and for anyone who is, uh, struggling with uh, substance of one or one sort or another, uh, there are multiple resources available to help you. Narconon's not the only one in the game, uh, so so do check it out. Do reach out. You're not alone, and you are worth the effort. Yes, and specifically, you anonymous person who called and left a message about a curse and possibly something that occurred where there was a murder and a trial. You know who you are. I texted you and I called you. I just, I need to get a little more information from you in order to actually talk about it on this show. So if you're out there, look at your texts. There might be a weird one and respond to it, please. (laughs) And if you'd like to respond to us, of course, we try to be easy to find. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. We like to recommend Here's Where It Gets Crazy, which has, uh, for the second time in a row, been confirmed to be the best page on the entirety of Facebook uh, by us. Yep. Just on, on this show. Yeah, it's great. Here's Where It Gets Crazy. Go there now. But what if you hate social media? Oh. Then you go to YouTube. Because YouTube is kind of not social media. Just kidding, it is. But YouTube.com slash conspiracy stuff. What if you don't like videos or fun or the internet? Then you can, what? I don't know. 
Call call phone. You call number. Oh right? yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. Uh, just like that person. One eight three three S T D W Y T K. That's our number. You'll hear Ben. That's how you'll know you're in the right place. Leave a message, and uh, we would love to hear anything and everything. Any kind of story. Any kind of idea. Just talk to us, please. And if none of that quite jostles your apostles, uh, can I say that on air? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Jostle <laughs> them apostles. All right. If none of that quite jostles your apostles uh, and you're not you're not on board with phone calls, we get it. You're not on board with social media. Totally. We get that. Uh, we have one last way that you can always contact us. Uh, whether or not you're a Freemason, whether or not you approve of Narconon, whether or not you've ever been on a cruise ship, just send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.